Attraction Talks is a new podcast series highlighting the latest trends and techniques in the rapidly changing field of healthcare, as told from healthcare marketing thought leaders in their own words. Each episode digs into their specific challenges, opportunities, and success stories in an open interview-style format that puts the focus on insights gained from these industry innovators. Based in Atlanta, Georgia, Traction is a digital agency with a specialty in helping healthcare clients build profitable acquisition and retention programs. This is John Eagleton. I'm a managing partner at Traction, and today I'm going to be talking with Darren Hirsch. Uh, Darren's a good friend of ours here at Traction. Uh, Like us, he works with a lot of different healthcare clients. We've worked together with him quite a bit over the years and thought he'd be the right person to talk about the process of putting in a CRM solution in a healthcare environment and and really, I think, demystify the process a bit. So uh, many of his examples uh, are specific to behavioral health. That's where he has a lot of experience. But we also feel that a lot of what he has to share here can be applied to other healthcare segments as well. I always enjoy talking with Darren. He uh, helped go into detail around uh, what one of these projects might look like, what are some of the, uh, the pitfalls and things to, to avoid and, and also to think about as you're putting uh, these projects together. And uh, he may also talk about uh, his burgeoning uh, spinoff t-shirt business as well. So take a listen and we hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Traction Talks. Uh, today, we're joined by Darren Hirsch, uh, who's a good friend of Traction Partners and also the owner of Sightline Consulting, a consultancy developing web marketing automation and CRM solutions for companies, many of whom happen to be in the healthcare space. Darren, thanks for joining us. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get right to it. Um, healthcare is a complicated space, as you know very well. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of data involved and with technology, things like HIPAA compliance, and obviously wanting to create great patient experiences, things can get messy pretty quickly. So you've implemented CRM solutions for several healthcare clients in your experience. What types of problems can a CRM solve, and uh, why is this a, a good investment for healthcare companies specifically? And actually, if you want to start out just by maybe doing uh, explaining in your words uh, what a CRM solution entails, and uh, we can sort of go into some of those details if that makes sense. Sure. I think that's actually a, a good starting point, John. You know, typically when you think about CRM, um, you think about a software platform that manages interactions with your customers, usually pre-sales, uh, things like tracking leads and tracking follow-ups and something that your sales team looks at a dashboard and looks at how much money they've closed this quarter and what's coming and opportunities and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's really interesting to think about CRM within the context of healthcare because you don't typically think about a sales process um, and healthcare sort of in the same context. But uh, what we found, you know, we had a couple of clients come to us and they were really having problems managing their admissions process. Um, the admissions process, it's a long process, can sometimes take three, four, five weeks. Um, multiple stakeholders involved, you know, there's the patient, there's oftentimes the patient's family, there's sometimes the patient's doctors, uh, there's documents, there's compliance, there's, there's a lot of steps in that process. And many of the EHR systems that our clients were using don't really have facilities to manage a complex process like this. Um, these EHR systems do a great job managing um, the treatment process, once the patient is actually admitted and they're undergoing treatment, that's what they're for, but they don't do a good job of managing the intake, and, and conversely, they don't do a good job of managing the discharge process, which is a, a new thing that we're starting to work with some of our clients on, is how do we 
how do we track what happens with patients after they after they leave the system? Um, so, you know, when we were talking to these clients about how to solve this problem, you know, CRM kind of came into the equation, and and we thought about, you know, that process of admissions is very similar to a typical sales process. Um, you know, there's there's multiple people, there's multiple steps, there's follow-ups, there's there's ways things can fall through the cracks. And so we started to get a little deeper into the sort of discovery process with these clients, and we were able to map um, their admissions process to CRM workflows. Uh, we're specifically specifically using Salesforce um, because it is you know, probably the most flexible CRM platform out there, um, and that's really where we found that there's a niche. There's a there's a whole bunch of, of healthcare companies that run into this problem where they can't adequately track their admissions process. They can't, you know, there's data security issues, as you mentioned, there's, there's HIPAA and everybody's just emailing forms back and forth and there's sticky notes on monitors and admissions is, is forgetting to call people back when they don't hear from them after three or four days. And CRM really kind of fits into that scenario and helps tighten up that process put some standardization in place, um, put a secure uh, facility to manage the actual data so it lives somewhere where people can look at it, and it just really sits in front of that EHR process really nicely, and we found that it's given, uh, given our clients some really uh, some major gains in terms of their efficiency of managing the process and also just the ability to, to track and report and, and see what's going on to help them understand what's really happening with their business. Yeah, no, that's great. So you talked a lot about EHR. How, I guess, in terms of integration, and how does that look like for a typical client? And obviously that, that may depend on what a, a particular healthcare organization's needs might be or what their admissions process might look like. But what sort of lives on the, on the CRM side versus, you know, being fed into the EHR? Just curious in your experience what that's, what that's looked like. Yeah, so what we've been doing, um, again, and, and this, this could differ ba based on what the EHR can track, um, but we've been putting all of the admissions process in CRM. So that's everything from um, when the marketing reps are interacting with um, the referral sources. So, so in our particular scenario, most of our patient referrals come from a doctor or a hospital. So we track all of that data, um, and we manage all of that data in CRM, so that we have the ability then to use digital marketing tools that can plug into that CRM. So, for, for example, with Salesforce, you know, you, Salesforce has, um, you, can, you can plug into MailChimp, you can plug into all these external tools very easily, and you can leverage all of the data that's in Salesforce rather than if that data was in the EHR. It's a, there, there's not as much opportunity to really kind of take that data and, and utilize it with external platforms. Um, but in addition to that, we really track everything in CRM up until the patient becomes a patient, meaning they actually came in and admitted to the facility. And at that point, we would hand off the data to the EHR, and the EHR would manage the treatment process exclusively. So, so CRM doesn't really – we just, we just didn't think CRM really needed to know you know, the internals of the treatment process. And obviously, you run across HIPAA compliance there. And, you know, there's, there's definitely some more sensitive data that's being captured once the patient is actually a patient. So, so in our situation, CRM manages everything um, from when they, uh, and our, our particular clients typically do um, an assessment 
So that is a meeting where they sit down with the patient in person, um, not, not now, oftentimes it's not in person now, but typically it would be. And they check to see that the person is really a good fit for their, their program. Um, and then they say, okay, you're a good fit. Let's come and have an admission. So all the scheduling of those meetings, all of the data that's tracked in those meetings, all of that is stored in CRM. And then once the admission actually completes, which it doesn't always complete, right? a lot of times people fall out um, for one reason or another, but once the admission actually completes, that's when EHR takes over. And then once EHR is done, you know, once the treatment is over and the client's ready to be discharged, again, that's kind of the back end of the process where we see CRM coming into play again. And that's some of the new projects we're working on are, are focused on that area of the, of the whole engagement. Yeah, no, that, that's uh, that's interesting. And you know, as you said in the beginning, it it's strange to think about a, a medical or healthcare process like that to sound so much like a sales process. But when you really break it down into those steps that you talked about, at its core, at its core level, it really is very similar to that, and and similar to other industries that are using those same CRM tools. So that's great stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would say you know, when when we started mapping out this process, so so typically with a project like this, you know, we would sit down with uh, with the client and, and have kind of a discovery project, you know, maybe take three or four weeks. So we sit down with the admissions team, sit down with some of the doctors and kind of talk through how the, how their interaction with clients works and where they're having problems and where things fall through the cracks. And it was interesting as we did that, it was just kind of like the light bulb went off that probably I would say 70% of that admissions process fits very well with a standard um, kind of an opportunity flow that you would typically see in a sales force or something like that. Um, and then you got 30% that doesn't, but the good thing is with some of the CRM platforms out there that have the ability to customize, you can sort of bend the standard process to, to fit that 30% deviation. Um, and, and you're not building something up from scratch. You know, you're, you're able to take advantage of a lot of the, the pre-built um, sales functions and you're just kind of manipulating them a little bit to fit a little more. It does, you know, I used to laugh, it does, it's sort of, I don't, I don't know, for some reason it cheapens, it cheapens healthcare a little bit when you talk about sales, but at the end of the day, everybody's a business and they are t technically selling stuff. It's just, it took a little while for me to kind of wrap my head around that correlation between sales and people going into the hospital, you know? Right, right, exactly. So what is a, and obviously I'm sure it depends on the individual client's needs, but what is one of these projects, what would one of these projects look like from beginning to end in terms of just timeline and what are some of the steps involved? And, you know, obviously everyone hears the, when people hear things like CRM or EHR projects, everyone thinks of these, you know, these huge technology projects that seem to have no end. And uh, obviously you've been successful in being able to implement these for clients. So what, what does that typically look like from a, from a timeline perspective? Yeah, you know, there is always a – you have to defeat the monster a little bit. Um, we, we deal with a lot of clients who have been burned with CRM implementations, and I really think that's just because um, it's just a lack of planning up front. You know, you really have to be realistic and understand what you can really tackle, what you can actually build. Um, my, my philosophy is always to build in smaller chunks, um, get the software in front of the users, and give them something that they can start interacting with rather than – you know, building out a behemoth system and then dropping that on people all at once. So what we've done with, uh, with our healthcare, specifically healthcare-related CRM implementations, timelines for these projects are typically three to four months. Um, we don't tackle everything at once. We typically, you know, after we go through our discovery process, 
um, which is probably three to four weeks, you know, maybe a couple meetings a week and really just brainstorming, sitting down, talking through processes, you know, drawing out process maps, trying to get everything down on paper so that we understand um, how the client is currently working with their um, potential patients. Um, and then we look at that process and, and try to refine it, see if there's some efficiencies, maybe they're doing some extra work that they don't need to do. And then we take that and, and sort of map that into the actual CRM. And that can involve things like what's our data schema, right? There's a lot of different data fields that you want to capture that are not typical, you know, um, for, for one of our clients, um, Skyland Trail here in Atlanta, the, the types of questions that they ask when patients are going to admit are very specific. You know, there are things like, does the client have an eating disorder? There, there's a whole list of, of sort of very specific treatment-related questions. And so you have to build out the whole database schema. Um, and then you have to talk about sort of workflows. So when, when people come into the system, what happens when you – you know, once we receive a consent document for the patient, what happens? Um, do we need to send a notification to a particular person so that they can then look at that consent document and make sure that all the fields are filled in properly? And so, so there's a whole mapping. Once you have sort of the process mapped sort of visually, then we have to go in and map that process sort of programmatically to the way the CRM system works. And then once that's done, we then have to go into – building out the actual functionality, and then obviously rolling into documentation and training. And that's always very specific. You know, I have, I have one client where their, their users are very savvy, and the training was going in there for four hours one day and running them through the system, and they were good to go. Um, I have another client who's not quite so savvy, and that training took a couple of weeks of biweekly meetings um, to sit with their team and actually walk through the process. So there's some variability there, but Three to six months is typically what we talk about. Um, there's one of the things that is important to keep in mind if, if you're going to invest in CRM um, is it's typically not a one-and-done investment. Um, it's just one of those things that once you start down that road, there's always new opportunities that crop up. Um, and so when I talk to people about, you know, investing in, a, in, a, in, in this type of software, it really is an ongoing um, and I don't mean to say that just that it's an ongoing spend. It's an ongoing process improvement because once you start to see the benefits, the light bulbs go off, you know, and, and every other week I have conversations where we're doing a lot of, could we do this and could we do that and how might this work? And so, so that's one of the things that I really enjoy is you see that people are really getting value from um, implementing a software, whereas oftentimes, you know, larger software investments, kind of leave a bad taste in people's mouths. I've seen that with, uh, with the CRM projects we've done, it just leads to new opportunities and, and new improvements that can be made um, in the business. Yeah, yeah. So defeat the monster. I, uh, I love that analogy. It's a great analogy for, for big technology projects, but it, yeah. it doesn't have to be that way, right? You can, That's uh, right. I'm going to make a T-shirt out of that, John. I'll send you one. <laughs> Sounds good. I look forward to that. <laughs> so uh, it's a good segue into, you know, we had – Obviously, we're in unprecedented times in the midst of the pandemic still, which has certainly had major impacts on everything, including especially healthcare. Uh, what have you seen or how has that impacted some of the projects that you're seeing and has that uh, changed your approach and how you implement a CRM or some of these solutions? And, you know, are those things that you see as temporary or are they more permanent 
even once we're past, you know, the, the point in which we are today. You know, the good thing is one of the things that's been really, um, that, that has really kind of made me feel good about these implementations we've done is the changes that my clients have been requesting related to COVID do not require any re-engineering of, of the platform. Really what they're doing is they're sort of adjusting their process to support um, additional documentation and consents. So um, one of both, both of the clients here in Atlanta that we've worked with uh, now require COVID testing, obviously, as a part of their admissions process. Um, and that's challenging because, you know, you want to keep you want to keep contact with with the client. In other words, you don't want to say, go get a COVID test and come back to us when you're done, because that's an opportunity for that patient then to just go away, right? So my clients have been actually facilitating COVID testing. And what that means is when they speak to a client, um, a potential patient, and they're talking about their admission, they will actually schedule a COVID test date for them. They have a partner that they're using to do the COVID testing. And so they keep, they're managing that process. And so what I've been doing from sort of a process um, management standpoint is I've been changing the admissions process to support what I would call kind of an extension um, to manage this, this COVID tracking. And that's really all we've been doing. Um, we already have the ability for them to schedule virtual um, assessments because they, they did that often. If you have a client who's in California and you want to do an assessment with them before you, before you know if they're going to be a good fit, you're not going to make them fly to Atlanta and do that in person. So we already had the, the idea of virtual uh, meetings in the platform. So there, wasn't, there, there weren't any significant changes needed for that. It's really more uh, managing the consents, um, managing the flow of information to give patients all of the information that they need before they come into the facility, just to limit the amount of time needed face-to-face, -face, um, asking questions and things of that nature. So it's really been a refinement of the process that we built. We haven't had to really re-engineer anything, which, again, makes me feel good. It makes me feel like we, we, we did some good thinking when this process was initially um, designed, and, and that means that you can fit things into it, and they don't, they don't cause anything to break. You just have to you just have to bend things a little bit. Right, right. That makes sense. So let's talk about nonprofits a little bit. I know uh, from your background, some of the clients, uh, and specifically within healthcare, uh, are also nonprofit. And there's there's some advantages, obviously, to that. And uh, I know Salesforce has programs around that. Can you talk a little bit about that? And what are what are some of the advantages that nonprofit healthcare organizations could potentially take advantage of here? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I do think it really comes down to budget. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the nonprofits I work with, they just, they don't have the money to pay $150 per month per user for a typical Salesforce license, which, which is what you need if you really want to take advantage of the platform. Um, so Salesforce has a, they call it the Power of One, their nonprofit platform package. Um, and really what they do is they, they really take care of nonprofits. Um, they will, depending, there's, now there are some, there's, there's some qualifications that you have to meet, but um, the nonprofits that I work for are able to get free licenses from Salesforce and severely discounted licenses once you exceed the number of free licenses uh, that you get. I think, I think they'll give you 10 free licenses. Um, and this is for the enterprise package. This is, 
this is the Salesforce package that gives you all the good stuff. It gives you all the workflows. Um, it gives you all the customization. So you can really build out a robust CRM using that license. Um, and then I believe they charge something like $35 per month for licenses, uh, additional licenses if you need them. So it's a huge savings. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a year for a large organization. Um, and that's why I, I've really, you know, when I talk to nonprofits, I, I really recommend Salesforce as a platform that they adopt. Salesforce also has a particular configuration of their, of their um, platform that is geared towards the nonprofit fundraising aspect which we don't really get into uh, with the healthcare clients I've worked with. They do their own fundraising. They have their own platform that they use for that. But it is another option that a typical nonprofit would have because raising money for nonprofits is obviously always a core to that, to that business. That Salesforce has a flavor that, that has all the donor management, everything built into it. Yeah, it's definitely a great program that I'm not sure many people realize exists for nonprofits with Salesforce. I mean, most people hear Salesforce and they – they believe that to be an they, expensive integration. Yep. And they see that. They see everybody sees dollar signs when they hear that word. And uh, with from the nonprofit side of things, it's really just the opposite. It's uh, I've been really pleased with 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 what they offer to really help nonprofits kind of function efficiently. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about before we uh, before we wrap up a little bit about the marketing side. So it's always been interesting to me with CRM as some people tend to think of it as an IT thing. Other people may see it as an operational thing, and other people see it strictly as a marketing thing. Uh, and obviously, it's a combination of, of all of those and, and perhaps more. So from the marketing side specifically, what are, what are the types of things that um, a CRM system can enhance or plug into? So for healthcare specifically, um, what, what we found is, you know, there is our, – our clients have sort of two different sides, two different users, uh, I guess user roles, you would call them, who interact with their CRM. They have the admissions team, and the admissions team is the one who's dealing with getting all of the documents, uh, getting all of the consents. They're, they're sort of dealing with the nuts and bolts of the admissions process, trying to move the patient from a potential patient to an actual real patient, kind of taking them through a sales process, if you will. Um, we also have a marketing team, but the marketing team is not marketing directly to patients. The marketing team is marketing to referring uh, what we call referring organizations. So hospitals, doctor's offices, therapists, anybody who would have a patient who they might refer over to uh, one of the organizations that I work with. So from the marketing side of things, um, you know, the marketing team, they use a lot of this CRM uh, data all the time. So they will, um, they'll look at geographically where their patients are coming from. And they may find that they have a particular uh, state or a particular region in the country where, for some reason, they're getting a lot of referrals, and that will help them sort of um, morph their marketing activities to maybe focus more marketing on that particular area of the country. So we really do have, you know, CRM is really the, the central point of the entire marketing process, but it really involves the admissions data. So it's kind of an interesting scenario where, you know, the marketing activities rely on admissions data, but that data then funds more marketing activities as well. Right, right. And that, that, um, that definitely makes sense. And certainly, you know, there's a lot of powerful tools, some of which are, <clears throat> are, are under the Salesforce umbrella, but there's also just a whole host of other things that can connect into a Salesforce system that can make marketing mm -hmm. very easy. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that, again, gets down to just having a platform that provides such an extensive API and such an extensive partnership with these various digital marketing tools that you can get the data. Once you, once you understand what you want to do, it's very easy to expose that data to other systems so that then you can act on those marketing activities, whether it's email marketing or, you know, SEM or whatever, whatever sort of digital uh, marketing activities you, you use. Right. Great. Well, Darren, this has been terrific. I, I think a great overview of, of how CRM can plug into healthcare systems and how it, um, how it can really operate specific to this vertical. And certainly there's a lot of things about healthcare that are, that are quite specific that, um, you know, that necessitate having the knowledge and the expertise to really do it right. So we appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to share that with us today. Before I, uh, before I let you go, by the way, how can, uh, how can people find you if they want to reach out to you directly? Um, so our website is uh, www.sitelineconsulting.com, S-I-T-E-L-I-N-E. -E. Um, and you can always email me, Darren, at sitelineconsulting.com. Uh, always happy to speak with people and always looking for new projects. Sounds good. And uh, we'll look forward to getting that uh, that T-shirt from you very soon. <laughs> Coming your way. Thanks, John. I appreciate it, bud. All right. Thanks for your time. We'll see you.